What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, a Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the program on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, and you can follow our social pages on uh, Twitter slash, slash X and Facebook. This week, we got a uh, old friend of the pod coming back, uh, Mike Craddy, to come talk uh, about the Bruins as we're kind of approaching the midway point of the season. Uh, Mike, what's going on? Not much, man. Just, you know, enjoying the win streak they're on right now and um, chilling at home. So can't complain. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly been um, a good bounce back from the winter break. I think they really, really needed that after they had lost four in a row. Um, I think just what are your thoughts on the things that they've done well in this recent winning streak? Yeah, I think things could have gone a lot worse, you know, with what they lost in the offseason and the, you know, changing of the guard leadership-wise. I think for a while the the power play looked a lot different, and I think it's gotten better in terms of structure lately, which has been a big thing I've been waiting for. Um, I think a lot early in the season was uh, just, like, kind of figuring things out on the power play, which, you know, it was such a strength for the Bruins. And now that they haven't figured out Pasta's getting his open looks more, I feel like a lot of – early in the season it was a lot of him not in his typical spot and kind of wandering around where he's needed because he has to pick up more slack um mm-hmm. that's one thing i really liked but it's, mm-hmm. i'm glad that they figured that out overall you know the, you know with this losing streak going in um to the leading up to the winning streak it's funny they lost for one four um the depth scoring needed to be a little better coil had a cold streak he snapped out of jvr has been great you know that game the other night you got shattenkirk jvr and heinen all contributing was nice to see um, all guys on dirt cheap, you know, filler kind of contracts given their cap space situation. Um, I think the depth is starting to gel really well. I think Frederick playing great has been awesome. DeBrus has been getting better. So I think they're figuring things out at the right time. I think Mason Lowry has really figured things out defensively too, which helps, you know, when you have a guy like Derek Forward out for so long. I don't really have much problems with the defense besides Grizzlick. I think Grizzlick's had a really rough go for the most part since he came back. Mm-hmm. I think McAvoy and Carlo have been pretty good. Hampus Lindholm needs to be better. Uh, mm-hmm. But the goaltending, you know, is still, as expected, the the backbone of this team more so than last year, even though they were incredible last year. And Omar won the Vezina. Uh, mm-hmm. When you lose a couple top centers and a bunch of other guys, you're going to have to rely on your goaltending more. And uh, that's been the case. So mm-hmm. overall, it's been a, you know, process of just figuring things out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're on the top of the league, you can't really complain too much. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so funny to think about that. I think coming into the season, we all were like, okay, there's going to be some, you know, growing pains. They're going to have to get used to not having Bergeron and Krejci and some of the other guys. And it's like, oh, okay, here we are turning the page to 2024, and they're still, like, top of the league. So it's just kind of crazy to think that, okay, you know, we thought there were going to be some issues. And, you know, it's interesting. It's kind of like it was last year where you had like three or four guys that were coming off surgeries and had to miss some time. And you were like, okay, what's the beginning part of the season gonna gonna go like? I mean, I know, you know, they started this season like nine one and oh or whatever and obviously have kind of come back down to earth, but still first place in the league is pretty impressive. And given all the you know issues at times that they've had. Yeah, and the thing, one guy I think that's been huge that I kind of had 
not like complaints about early on, but kind of wanted to see more. He came here for a bigger role, uh, got it at times, and kind of took him a little while to be comfortable. That is really showing his comfortability now and playing higher than the lineup uh, than I expected is Morgan Geeky because he's kind of bumped at least temporarily Zaka out of that center spot for uh, for the time being, which is, again, something I didn't really anticipate. So um, I just wanted to highlight him because he – like two million bucks for two years. Um, he's had to move around a lot, and um, he's taken advantage recently of this opportunity he's gotten. Um, yeah, I just wanted to highlight him because I think he deserves some credit. It's going to be interesting now with Potra back, what they do with the center position. Mm-hmm. Um, Geeky could stay, Zaka could go back, and Potra plays third. I don't know, but um, that's one guy that is kind of in a precarious position with Potra coming back. So I'm interested to see mm-hmm. what they do there. Um, and the big thing I mentioned Coyle earlier, Zaka's been a little quiet lately. So Coyle getting back in the mix a little bit and geeky stepping up, um, has helped. And I wonder if, you know, him going back to Zaka, going back to center at some point might, uh, help him get back on track, but, um, they've had to shift some things around. They've had to rely on rookies. Uh, they've called Merkulov up, uh, Beecher has been in the lineup for the most part. Uh, he didn't play the other day, but and then you got Potter coming back. So I think given the situation, you know, the team in terms of how different they are from last year, uh, things could have gone a lot worse. So the fact that you're on the top of the league, um, when it all comes down to it, you can't complain too much. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to what you were talking about in terms of, you know, the guys that they kind of signed off the scrap heap, you know, I feel like geeky might be included in that category of guys that you kind of just signed for cheap and, you know, he's performed well, Heinen obviously has performed well. And then, you got Van Riemsdyk, who's fourth on the team in scoring. I just, like, to be honest, I did not expect that. I figured that he was going to have a little bit of a bounce back here, Van Riemsdyk, but, I, you know, point-wise, he's been one of their better forwards, which is it's not something to, I expected. It's funny to think, like, if Van Riemsdyk was performing like this and the Bruins were, like, in a wild-card spot, like, they could, at this rate, maybe get, like, a, a second-round pick for – in Reemsek or first. We've seen we've seen teams like overpay um in the past for much less. Like imagine yeah. a, an alternate universe when they have to like trade Van Reemsek to just offload assets and sell yeah. a little bit. Um my God, he's really fit in well. It's funny, every time he scores, I have had a buddy going into this year like would joke about Van Reemsek say he's gonna win the heart. Like I'm super high on him like would joke. And obviously kidding, but like I'm like Hey, you know, Van Riem's like hard. I'll like joke back and forth with, forth with him. But um, I think when you go from a team stylistically like Philly to here, it's just like a breath of fresh air. Obviously, things are going well with Philly, but like mm-hmm. for a guy like Van Riem's like who was there for a while, it probably kind of drove him nuts a little bit. And they weren't going to pay him um, yeah. because I don't know if they expected to be this good. But either way, I feel like there was a there was a breakup there happening and he was thrilled to come here. So yeah. um, what they've gotten out of Van Reems like is pretty awesome. And um, yeah, just a great move by Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Shattenkirk also, you know, kind of looking over to the defense. I think he's also been another really smart, you know, kind of low key signing. And he's really had some good games recently, you know, had a pair of goals against the devils uh, last weekend. And it just seems like, last 10 or 12 games he's really starting to kind of come on pepper in some points and you know i think Mm. personally 
they need all the points they can get from defensemen. It kind of seems like that's the points are not coming in like they were last year. And, you know, granted, the team is much different. You know, I think that the role that Lindholm is playing is maybe a little bit different. You know, I think that he really got in a groove last year when McAvoy was out and kind of just continued to play at a high level. And, you know, who knows, maybe it's struggling to kind of find that, find that spot, that role for him. Uh, but I think he's come on recently, has had some points here and there, but I think points from defensemen, they, they really need to get more. Yeah. I think the thing I haven't really liked with Lindholm is he's the guy that made quick decisions in Anaheim and early in his career here, he kind of like grips the stick too tight and overthinks it a little bit, which is really bizarre for a guy yeah. at this point in his career. Um, yeah. I think it's fixable. It's just frustrating for a guy you've committed to. Absolutely, um, yeah. I think the thing that I've been really impressed with with Shattenkirk with how they deploy him and his play is he played hard minutes on a bad Anaheim team mm -hmm. for a little while there. Now he's playing less minutes and a little bit of power play on a good Bruins team in a place he's familiar with. Um, in Boston. So I think that comfortability and just like less of a role and they're doing a little load management with him too, is just made things super easy for him. He looks super comfortable out there never skittish or anything like mm -hmm. a vet. And it kind of makes me wonder, like, I wonder what his market was like on the free agent market, because I feel mm -hmm. like if there had to have been other teams that had something like this in mind where they shelter his role a little bit more mm -hmm. and see how it works, because he's always been a pretty good player. Like, yeah. He had probably had some rough stretches in Anaheim with how bad they were, and he had to play with rookies a lot of younger players. Right. But now he's playing with Forbert when he's healthy or Grizzlick or Lowry a little bit, and mm -hmm. it's fine. Like, if he has to move up the lineup, you know, I feel like they, they'll <laughs> – no line is safe back end or uh, defense, depending on the situation uh, – back end or uh, up front, depending mm -hmm. on the situation, especially the forward. So um, mm -hmm. I think it was really shrewd to pick up Shattenkirk and um, – they clearly had a game plan and it's working with the mm -hmm. deployment and all that. So, you know, I know we've touched on some individual guys, but to this point in the season, who are some guys that like you've been most impressed with and then guys that maybe not as impressed with and maybe want to see more from? Yeah, I think Coyle has had to take on a lot of what Bergeron's done. And mm -hmm. every once in a while, you know, this was the thing with Bergeron as well. He's, you know, he'll slide into the bumper in the slot a lot. He scored a goal like that the other night. Um, he just, he's taken it with grace. Um, not surprising. Like, he's always been a very poised guy. Uh, but Coyle's really impressed me besides that one stretch. You know, there's enough uh, we've seen from Coyle to have faith that that wasn't going to last. I don't think it has. And I think he's back, uh, back in form. Um, Trent Frederick is vouching himself for a second line or first line winger role at this rate. Um, the way he's playing, the way he, his goal scoring has evolved. He that's goal against Columbus, uh, that pass from JVR across the crease where he waited, waited out the goalie and found the spot. That's a new level. He would just usually just shoot it in years past, but his, his IQ when it comes to, you know, having a potential scoring chance in front of him, I think has really evolved and he's going to hit 20 goals this year. Um, like if you're thinking Frederick is just your third line right winger, I think that's kind of minimizing him. It works well, but I think it's worth a shot with the way he's playing of, you know, depending on who the centers are when Potter's back in the mix, like give him a shot with Zaka and Pasternak at some point and see what happens. 
I think he's earning it. And I've been super impressed with him. He's just, he's really coming to his own. He, he's just awesome. And um, someone I really, outside of recent uh, memory, of haven't been impressed with is Jake DeBrusque. I was ready to move on. Um, if teams came calling two weeks ago, now he's really uh, up to the ante. I imagine they got in his ear after that Minnesota game where he missed the net twice, no T. Uh, that was extremely frustrating, but this is something we're not ent- entirely unfamiliar with. He goes through these valleys. I think it's mental a lot with him. Um, but right now, like, he's not scoring as much as he is setting people up. But if you're getting points from Jake DeBrusque at any at any juncture with how rough of a stretch he had for a little while there, mm-hmm. I think you got to be happy with it. And um, maybe he's found that role. Maybe it was, you know, he wasn't with the right guys for a while. I feel like Marshawn Coyle and DeBrusque as a trio – have come together rather recently and it's worked well for Coyle, for DeBrusque, Marchand. Um, and I kind of have my doubts because of DeBrusque, you know, he's played with Bergeron before, but I think playing on the off wing with a right-handed center can be kind of tricky sometimes. Um, so I wonder if that was part of it, but at the same time, you know, he's played with Bergeron, he's played with Krejci, whether that's, you know, he's played right or left, but I don't know, maybe that was an adjustment with a, a new right-handed center. You know, it makes it easier when you're playing with Bergeron, but just something, you know, it's not as seamless to make those feeds with the you know when you're when you got a left-handed center as a left-handed guy on the right. So, um, and Lindholm, my last guy, like he's been playing a little better lately. But like the money you paid him, you need more uh, from him, and I think he just needs to simplify things because when he does that, um, he's an extremely smart defenseman. So, mm-hmm. one other guy or two other guys that I think for me, I think. I've been impressed with is is kind and his ability to, you know, just come right in and kind of be seamless. You know, obviously it's it's helpful that he's coming back to his old team, but it's like, you know, he just is such a such a smart player with the puck, and I feel like is someone that in this year in particular, when they really didn't have a lot of wiggle room in terms of the cap space, it's a guy that they brought in on a tryout and has been. I think one of their most invaluable players that has played in any situation and, you know, put some points and I think really is just been a great kind of re-addition back to the team. And then, you know, Carlo, I think has been, you know, playing, playing within his game and being kind of that shutdown defenseman. And I think, you know, McAvoy certainly is, I think kind of their best all around guy, but I think Carlo easily, their best defensive guy. And I think that he's, mm-hmm. you know, followed up last year with another really good season, you know, and I think that maybe a couple of years ago, there were concerns about him long-term, but I think he's starting to, you know, really figure it, really figure it out being that, you know, shut down, right, right shot. Yeah, no doubt. He, this is always what he's been capable of. And he's kind of hit another level this year, which is awesome. Um, Heinen has always been a guy that has moved up and down the lineup, which I like guys that can do that. And I never feel super uncomfortable, maybe a little bit earlier in his Bruins career, but I don't know how much he did it in Pittsburgh. Maybe not as much, but he moves around when he needs to. He plays like a, not like a safe game, but he plays like a poised game and he's very often in the right spots and his defensive numbers, you know, you look more into the deep dive stuff. He's always got good defensive metrics, so um, he's just a good, safe bottom six guy that can play up in the lineup if you need him to. And that Arizona goal, I don't know if you remember a couple weeks ago where he cut across the middle and sniped, 
he's he's got some skill. Like if he has the opportunity for it, he's he's got some skill. Um, and he's just he's a perfect third liner. Um, and I just I can't believe nobody wanted him because it's not like he sucked in Pittsburgh. Like right. he wasn't like this good the whole time, but like he's a serviceable player and he's better than a lot of players that you know contending teams have on their rosters um, and play regularly. Um, I don't know. I love Heinen. I'll, I'll, I'll always beat the drum for him. So, yeah. Um, you know, he briefly mentioned it with, with Lorai and Patra, but kind of overall thoughts on the guys that have made their debut this season, obviously uh, Patra, uh, Lorai, Beecher, um, and then Merkel of the last couple of games. Um, just kind of your overall thoughts on, on all of those guys and how they've done. Yeah, my big thing with Lowry early on is I felt like whenever he needed to back check or be in the defensive zone, he struggled. You know, he's got good skating through the neutral zone and he can walk the line offensively, make plays in the O zone. But um, I th- I think the foot speed was a little bit behind pace and his defensive game needed to work because um, it's just not his strongest suit. He's always been more of like a power play quarterback type of guy. I think in the last week and a half, he's really settled in. I think enough time with Charlie McAvoy helps in that regard. Sorry if you just heard the guy on his motorcycle outside. Um, yeah, that's that was my concern. Like, if Forberg had come back, like, I would have been fine with them sending Lowry down. Um, but right now, like, when Forberg comes back, which God knows when that's going to happen, seems like they have no timeline. Um, and he's good. Like, you have a guy you can trade in, Matt Grizzlick, and the defensive market's not going to be super loaded this year. Like you'll have Han- Hannafin, you'll have Tanev, um, you have some other guys. You know, it's kind of funny how Calgary will kind of control the market um, or set the market at least with the first guy they'll move. I bet. Uh, but I don't know. Depending on who's available, teams could get desperate. And if you have Grizzly as an expendable guy, maybe you get a third third round pick. A desperate team, maybe a second. I mm. doubt it. But like. I don't know. Um, Ty Anderson brought this up on his show the other day, so I can't take full credit for it, but he made a good point. Like certain positions and certain guys become commoditized and they uh, fetch you more in a trade than you might expect. So mm-hmm. um, I'm looking forward to that. And if Grizzly, if Lorai's play does it, that's a great thing. Um, some internal talent coming up. Mm-hmm. Patra, the instincts are there. And the I actually honestly think he played better with the Bruins for large stretches than he did with Team Canada. I don't think he looked like himself at times with Team Canada. He even said he was gripping his stick too tight. Um, I think the smarts are there. I think the like the small details are there. I think he gets kind of wrapped up in being a little too uh, meticulous sometimes, and he turns the puck over. He kind of overthinks things, which is okay. He's 19. He's had some really rough turnovers that have led to goals this season. But mm-hmm. overall, he's super smart. He plays hard. Um He's 19. Like, he's going to have some struggles, and he's put up some points. Like, leading into the World Juniors, he kind of struggled to put up points. Maybe this is the refresh he needed. Maybe he's more pissed off after getting bumped from the tournament earlier than expected. So, mm-hmm. I'm optimistic for Patra. Um, that next decision on what they want to do with him comes at 40 games. Um, so, we'll see how he plays leading up to that. Uh, Beecher, I'm fine with Beecher. I don't really get the whole, like, occasional healthy scratch for him. He's not putting up points consistently, but he's on the fourth line. Like, he wins draws. Um, I think part of it, they've been really getting dominated on the draws the past week. Mm. I wonder if that's part of it. I don't know what his numbers have been looking like, but 
Um, I know when they brought him in, uh, it was partially because they let go of Tomas Nosek. They wanted the left-handed center in the bottom six. And, like, you got to draft him in 2019. Like, you got to see something, even if it was a brief stint, um, to evaluate him. And overall, he's been fine. Like, when he scores, he scores, like, really some nice goals. Mm. And um, he's always had that effortless speed. He's a bigger guy. Um, doesn't take a lot for him to get to top speed. And um, the big, you know, coming to fruition moment of that that I've been hoping for, even as a bottom six player, was that uh, pass he had to Pasternak a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I think they were playing the wild. He gets pinched off on the wall, breaks through the right. defenseman, doesn't slow down, gets going, doesn't overthink it, gets over the offensive blue line. He's like, I have a 60-goal scorer on my right. I just got to get it through one defenseman's stick, and he's probably going to score. And he did it. And I think as a rookie, you could be like, ah, do I shoot? Do I not shoot? Ah, ah, ah. Like, I've seen veterans. DeBrus does this at times. Coyle loves overpassing. Um, I love the guy, but that's my biggest complaint with Charlie Coyle. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's like, screw it. I got a 60-goal scorer next to me. I'm just going to get the, rid of the puck mm-hmm. and not, you know, make a stupid mistake. So mm-hmm. I've been very impressed. Merkulov, been a little timid, I think. A little, a little scared to make mistakes. Almost buried one, but then he gets bumped down to the fourth line, so he's a little bit minimized. He has JVR on his line the first time. The JVR scratched. That kind of screws with him trying to establish chemistry, I bet, a guy he talked highly of to the mm-hmm. media. Right. So I want to I want to see him back as long as he's up here uh, with mm-hmm. Van Riemsdyk. But overall, not super impressed with Merkulov, but I think he'll figure it out. He's too talented offensively, and there's been too much growth defensively for him not to make some impact in the NHL level at this point. It just matters about when. Yeah. I think with the three guys, Lower I, Patra, and um... – Beecher that have played like significant minutes. I think what stands out to me is like the little things that they're able to do really well. Like, you know, you just described the Beecher assist in, in the wild game, you know, yeah, and I think wild. don't, don't quote me on that. <laughs> or whatever, whatever game it was. Whatever game um, it was, yeah. You know, doing the little things, Patra doing things that a lot of like 19 year olds don't really do that they, you know, he's very confident in what he's doing. You know, and I think Lower Ice started to figure it out in the defensive zone recently that he started to get more comfortable. I just am really impressed that they've been able to integrate all three of those guys because I think for so long, you know, when we follow the team in training camp, it's like, okay, you have kind of these spare third, fourth liners. When are you going to let the kids play? And, you know, they have have let them play. And I think that they've been really impressive, like, as a lot of us are probably shocked that Patra made the team out of training camp and he's not really looked out of place. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy to think like, what if these guys are really struggling too? Like is Pat mm. Brown, your fourth line center is right. Parker Watherspoon playing regular minutes. Now I like Parker Watherspoon, but yeah, um, I actually do too. would we see more Mark McLaughlin? I'd be okay with that, but um, mm. I don't know what his status is down there. Mm-hmm. Like, if they if these rookies didn't really work out, they'd really have to test their depth. You'd have to rely on Morgan Geeky more at center because um, Padre's not ready or something, or uh, move Frederick to center. It, it throws everything in a loop. Yeah. I think baseline, you know, what you could have gotten, I think you've got plus level value from your rookies as a whole, and you'll take that in a year like this. There's oh, yeah. been moments, there's been growing pains, but yeah. nothing super catastrophic that's like a huge reason for concern for me. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking about this team like going forward and you know getting past the midpoint thinking about the trade deadline 
I'm curious about your thoughts in terms of how the Bruins are going to approach the trade deadline. Are they going to be aggressive? Or are they going to be willing to, you know, stamp out or maybe make a trade that is a more more of a future trade? Yeah, I was kind of in the camp of moving DeBrusque in a hockey trade, but now I'm not. I don't know if I want to sign him long term, but if you can't make a hockey trade, I don't think it makes sense to trade a guy like DeBrusque for picks at this point when you're trying to, you know, be a contender. Um, and we've seen what he does in the playoffs. Um, I think you're most likely looking at a Grizzly trade, but it depends when forwards back. Um, and I don't know if you saw, I didn't see initially, uh, Renaud Lavoie, who's like, I feel like the French Elliot Friedman said that there seems to be a vibe around the league that Noah Hannafin's going to end up a Bruin about a few Mm, weeks ago. I think I heard about that as well. And that is something I'm so, so on board for, not as a BC guy. Um, I think if you have Noah Hannafin locked up, Hampus Lundholm and Mason Lowry on rookie money for a little while longer, it's yeah. a great left side. You have a great right side. Uh, you know, if Shattenkirk stays after the season or not, um, I wouldn't be opposed to resigning him at this point for another year. Um, I don't know. That's kind of, I feel like Lavoie wouldn't say that if he didn't, you know, have a good reason to. So I have optimism they'll add Noah Hannafin. That's my number one area. I want them to add another left shot defenseman. Um, I think Nick Sealer in Philly is an option, but mm-hmm. Philly's in a playoff spot, so you'd have to kind of wait that out. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a more like third pairing guy. So, yeah. um, but he plays good defense and he fights people. I don't know if he's fought mm-hmm. as much this year, but he's mm-hmm. he's uh, beaten some guys up before. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like guys like Jordan Everly. Like if 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 yeah. uh, if Seattle continues to stink. Penny UFA. I like Everly. I like Jack Roslevic in mm-hmm. uh, Columbus as an option. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've said there's a couple other guys on Twitter the other day, like Dominic Kubelik, Anthony Duclair. Mm-hmm. I think Morgan Frost is another guy, okay. but not like a regular guy in Philly. Sure. I wonder if they look at him. He's on cheap money. Uh, yeah. But right now, I think the number one priority should be defense um, because I don't think they're getting Elias Lindholm. I don't think they have the trade chips, and I think he ends up in Colorado. Mm-hmm. But this consolation prizes, I threw out Adam Henrique as well, but you're going to have to get that money down to 50% probably and get him around $2.9 million. Mm-hmm. Um, can play center, can play wing, wins, draws. Um, not as good as he was a couple years ago, but I still think he adds a little bit of scoring touch. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of experience over the years. He's 33. So those are a couple guys I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And I'm not in a specific lane forward-wise. If they add a score, whether it's a forward or uh, a center or a wing, I'm cool with that. But right now, um, if they're really serious about Hannafin, I mean, they could pull it off. I'd be really cool with that. I I think um, I'm definitely in agreement with Hannafin. I think that he would be a great fit here. I think my concern is, like, if they're going to make a trade for a player like that, you know, I just I, – I have worries about the – lack of draft picks that they have right now and yeah. it's it's what it all comes kind back of, to yeah i kind of feel a little iffy if they're trading more futures you know with the way that they've been trading first round picks the last couple of years and it's like totally get it you know you've been trying to go all in and win but it's like you know you may recognize that this year might not be that year mm-hmm. and i do think that even if they missed out on hannafin they could still sign him you know in free agency yeah, he doesn't sign a long-term deal with whatever team he gets traded to. 
you know, that kind of seems like more of a likelihood for Lindholm that if he gets traded somewhere, he probably yeah. would find a long-term deal. But yeah, guess, they'll be the Horvat this know. year. Like Horvat did that with the Islanders. Right. That That's part of the reason I'm not trying to get super excited about Hannafin because I think he's costing you a Lysol or a Lorai or more and more. Right. And I don't know if they want to do that. But mm. I don't know if that if that buzz about Hannafin is true. Maybe yeah. you just sign him for a long-term deal in the summer. You're good. Mm-hmm. Because I kind of wonder, too, if they find a fit to one-for-one swap Grizzly for another left-shot defenseman. Yeah, I'd be curious about that as well. Um, I think that, you know, yeah, if there's a guy that's most likely going to get moved, it's probably probably Grizzly. I mean, I think brusque like you could entertain it but it's just like him being streaky is kind of just the player that he is and i think you know you go into the offseason then you make a decision i guess i'd be surprised if they moved him um you know maybe if they did it would be like a one for one kind of trade but i don't know they might feel that that's risky the thing with training grizzly too is you have to feel really good about your depth because if right. is Forbert going to stay healthy, you have to factor that in. And do you like Parker Watherspoon as the main guy if you need someone on the left side? Like, mm-hmm. or do you add another cheap guy? Like, maybe not on waivers, but the Blackhawks just got Jacob Megna from the from the Kraken. Do you find a guy like that for super right. cheap that you want to add to Providence just to have? Mm-hmm. I think they'll make a depth move or two, and I think they'll add a scorer or a top defenseman. But mm-hmm. I would prefer a defenseman. Mm-hmm. personally yeah i think i would too i think that that makes more sense um it strengthens yeah. your bottom line too which is goaltending so right oh absolutely yeah and you know that they've had you know some issues defending this year um last thing i wanted to talk about was you know this is kind of thinking about weight at the end of the season but kind of playoff positioning and if you have a thought about does home ice really matter or you know, is this a team that you want to see the Bruins going into the playoffs with kind of a chip on their shoulder and maybe not being the number one team in the overall standings? I mean, I also don't think that's going to happen. I think that, you know, you'll see some other teams get really hot uh, before yeah. the end of the year. Yeah, I think Colorado is going to end at the top of the league this year. Um, I think in terms of playoff positioning, I've felt this way since the start of the year. I still think they're going to be underestimated a little bit in the playoffs due to who they lost in the offseason. Sure. That's going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. I believed Jeremy Swayman in August when he talked to the media where he said it's not going to happen again. Um, I believe a couple other guys said that too. There's there's enough on this team to give me hope that that will be the case yeah. because, you know, that type of shit sticks with you. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. I I hope it's the case because another collapse would be pretty awful. Um, I think, you know, home ice is huge. I've always, you know, been all about home ice. So if they can get that, that's great. Um, I think the East is in a different spot for them too because Carolina's got weaknesses this year. Uh, Toronto, their goaltending's in shambles like Carolina, besides Kachetkov playing awesome lately, you know. Mm-hmm. Anderson's out with a blood clot. Rant is in the minors, I believe, still. Um, Tampa, Vasilevsky's got about a three goals against and a 900 save percentage since coming back. He's 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, He might not be prime Vasilevsky in the playoffs. Their depth is in a different spot. Um, mm-hmm. They've lost Andre Palat. They've lost, lost Alex Kalorn. Um, 
maybe they lose Stamkos this offseason. Um, the East the East landscape is different. I think the Rangers are tough. I think the Islanders are tough, but they're beatable. Um, I kind of hate the idea of playing the Flyers like a John Tortorella team, but I think they're beatable. I think they would just be an annoying out. Yeah. Um, it's It's been an unexpected year in the East, which <laughs> I don't know, maybe – a different look of you know their opponents helps the Bruins, but yeah. um, it's something I've been monitoring monitoring the playoff teams closely because I want to get a good read on them because there's been yeah. a lot of change. Yeah, it is interesting how it seems like the balance of power has really shifted, and you know you had teams like New Jersey going into the year you thought that they would be much better yeah, than, yeah. than they've played to this point, but you know obviously long way to go with you know whatever 40 some odd games left in the season and obviously a lot can change um i just will be fascinated to see how the standings change over the next few weeks and months you know see where the bruins end up i mean i think for me i don't really mind where they end up i think that just as long as they're playing their best hockey and they stick with that goalie rotation in the playoffs and i think that they'll be they'll be in good shape yeah me too i'm feeling good all right. Uh, well, Mike, great having you. Great having you back and talking Bruins. It's always good. And, you know, maybe we'll chat back up before the uh, playoffs start in a couple months. Sounds great. Looking forward right. to it. Um, looking forward to playoffs, too. <laughs> yeah, that will be, uh, be fun. Uh, any any personal plugs uh, you want to do? Yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter at Mike underscore Craddy. Um, I do a podcast as well. It's Spajo and Craddy Sports Podcast. I know mm-hmm. long-winded name, but um, the at isn't that long. It's at Sal and Craddy Pod. Last name spelled C-R-A-T-T-Y. Don't worry, I've been used to spelling it out for people. Um, it's not the most common last name, but yeah, you can follow us there. Um, check out the show, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Fantastic. All right.